Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome back to the latest edition of Until Saturday. I'm Ari Wasserman, joined as always by my colleague David Ubbin at The Athletic. I'm back home from Houston and Dallas, and I believe you're still in Nashville, David. How are you doing this morning? We are still in Nashville, still trapped in the uh, sort of odd simulacrum of a societal world in the Gaylord Opry land. And if you want to watch Barry Odom buy a coffee, let me tell you what, this is the place to do it. So uh, it's an interesting week. It's been a good week. Uh, these events are always interesting, um, but with portal visits and there's all kinds of stuff and the, the calendar crunch, attendance is down a little bit, but uh, it's always good to see people, meet new people. Uh, we got to get you to AFCA when you're already. I feel like you would, yeah. you would enjoy it. I just love going to the games. Um, but yeah. for those who don't understand, Dave is at a coach's convention and he is you know making relationships and meeting new people and it helps inform us as we go on through the year on the show mm-hmm. and of course in our writing and everything that you get the athletic i just want to formally introduce everybody to the until saturday off-season feed um, be sure to follow the podcast on apple or every listen to your podcast and please help support the show by dropping a five-star review if you leave a question with that review we'll do our best to answer it on the show we're going to get to a few questions on this show speaking of that also, subscribe to the YouTube channel for the Until Saturday feed. And I think we're going to be working some voicemails into non-Sunday sound off episodes at times, too. And if you want that number, it's 316-462-9852. Again, that is 316-462-9852. Call, leave a voicemail, any thoughts, feelings, you know, complaints, excitement, anything that you're feeling about college football or the show, we would love to hear it and, and hopefully play it on the show. What we're going to do here today, Dave, is we got very national championship heavy. Um, we were previewing the college football playoff, and I think that's what people wanted. But now that we're here on January 10th recording this, we are going to talk about some of the things that happened in the rear view a little bit and try to break mm-hmm. it down. There were a lot of interesting things that happened in bowl games. There were a lot mm-hmm. of interesting things that happened after bowl games with staff adjustments, transfer portal, recruiting, all that stuff. We're going to try to get to some of the things that we may have missed in the month of December while we were in the crazy uh, early signing period national championship race bubble. So first segment is aptly named the Extreme Portal Makeover. Uh, We're going to be talking about some teams that have done some things and made some moves in the portal that might drastically change how we view them moving into the future. And I don't think that there is any place better to start then Ohio State, two days after Michigan wins a national championship, Quinshawn Judkins, one of the best runners in college football. I think he's had 2,600 rushing yards his last two years, yeah. committed to Ohio State. And that also comes on the heels of center Seth McLaughlin announcing that he's joining the Buckeyes last week. That's the center mm-hmm. from the Alabama game, who may live in infamy down in Tuscaloosa, who's turning over a new leaf in good Columbus. Player, and then, had a disastrous day. Yeah. Yeah, bad day, good player. Um, And quarterback Will Howard left uh, Kansas State for Columbus. Um, Mm -hmm. These are three new additions. And I got to tell you, Dave, as we talk about this informally, 
Um, I think this is an interesting situation for Ohio State because if you've been paying attention to the way that Ohio State has used the portal the past few years, they've seemed to be filling gaps of need more so than taking luxury items. And I think that Judkins is a luxury item considering we're still waiting to hear what Trey Henderson does. And I had this vision that with an improved offensive line, okay, Quinshawn Judkins and Trey Henderson, if he returns in the backfield, I'm worried um, where this is going. Potential Emeka Egbuka, Carnell Tate, and Jeremiah Smith, and a increased production and improvement in Will Howard's game that Ohio State <laughs> could have a scary good offense last year, next year. Oh, okay. I thought we were about to get a national championship prediction from no, you. No, no, I don't, <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on. It's January 10th, bud. I'm not going to insult the Michigan people by predicting Ohio's. But what I will say is this. It's is an interesting, funny, I will say. It's an interesting dynamic here, Dave, because mm-hmm. we have seen quarterbacks leave a place as one thing and then mm-hmm. turn into something entirely different at their new stop. I'm talking about guys like Michael Penix Jr. I'm talking about Bo Nix. I'm talking Joe about Burrow. Jaden Daniels, Joe Burrow. This happens a lot. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not putting Will Howard by any stretch of the imagination into that category. But what I am wondering is if a player who runs as well as he does and had a playmaking ability at a place like Kansas state, mm-hmm. you plug him into an offense that has those pieces that I just mentioned. Um, is there an opportunity potentially for Ohio state to have a quarterback who produces Heisman level stats and has a huge burst onto the scene star moment in the future? I think my attitude is not going to bet on it but very plausible and would not surprise me. I think that's kind of where I'm on board. Guy was productive, had some moments. You could have made a case coming into this season that he was the best quarterback in the, in the big 12 uh, returning. Didn't have a dynamite year. Um, it's never good. I think it's interesting in general that Ohio state is taking a quarterback out of the portal who the emergence of Avery Johnson at Kansas state, like I said, it's why Will Howard left is certainly a factor. It's absolutely absolutely a factor. a factor. There's no question about it. There was and some so, question whether yeah. Will Howard would win the job next year. So that's definitely a factor. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I don't think comparing him to like Peyton Thorne is a is a best is a good example necessarily. But like, if you're Ohio State, it's a little bit odd, right? That you've got yourself in this position where you are embracing quarterback again. Good player. Will Howard is a good player. It's possible Avery Johnson is a special player. We will see as time goes on. He's a very good athlete. He has to develop as a passer. Um, fantastic hair. Get this man a uh, a, a head and shoulders uh, dove, whatever good shampoo there is. I'm Ari, as you might know, I would not consider myself a shampoo expert. Um, so I don't know what the best brands are. But my guy, Avery Johnson, we got to get him something. Either way, um, it's it's odd. So I think, yes, the idea that he could go somewhere and have a ton more weapons around him because he didn't have – like Kansas State's had some good receivers and some good backs for a while. You know, you talk about Deuce Vaughn, uh, our guy Byron Pringle. Uh, once you pop, you know you can't stop. I think ultimately, <laughs> though – I certainly can't stop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. They do, uh, we can go on a, a tangent sometime about how Pringles are created, but – uh, it it kind of turned me off on them in general. Apparently, Mitch um, Light had a buddy who worked in a Pringle factory, and he knows all about it. It's not good. If you do your research on Pringles, let me just say it has slowed my Pringle consumption considerably. Anyway, Dave, if you actually like popped the hood and looked how ninety percent of the things we eat is made, your consumption you well, just yeah, will be a vegan. Chips, then. Yeah, but potato chips are a route or relatively simple enterprise for most of their existence. You slice the potato, you fry it, you season it. Pringles, again, do your research on the Pringles. It's 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 not a great situation. Not a sponsor, also, and we'll see about them becoming a sponsor. Anyway, my point being, I think that there is a world in which. Will Howard becomes a star. And if he's in the Heisman race next year because of all the talent around him, uh, I'm not holding my breath that Egbuka sticks around. But if that happens, I wouldn't be surprised. But I would not necessarily bet on it. And I think it's indictment is a strong word, but it's eyebrow raising that that Ohio State has found themselves in this situation, a place with the kind of quarterback tradition that they have had. Um, I, I have some concerns. I don't know if it was because I was watching the confetti fall from the rafters onto the celebration at Michigan, 
Mm-hmm. And I think you got to save me here from being a psychopath. Okay. Oh, We're in no. off season mode. Ari, are you the, about to do the tweet? Are you about to do the tweet? <laughs> no, it's, it, I think I'm overselling it. You've become the psychopath of the pod. I actually think I'm the good, I'm good cop now, but no, I, anytime Ohio state comes up or I have to rein you in a little bit. Yeah, that's okay. I, I understand that. <laughs> um, Will Howard is JJ McCarthy. Quinshawn Judkins is Blake Corum and Trey Henderson is um, Donovan Edwards. Donovan Edwards. Yeah. I mean, maybe with elite level, elite level receiver talent, their offensive line is the number one question mark here. But I do wonder with a three headed running backfield, because Howard's a very good runner and Ohio state hasn't had a very good runner that they've actually used as a runner. Maybe since JT Barrett, obviously we know what Justin Fields has become in the NFL. They did not Mm -hmm. use him that way in college. CJ mm-hmm. Stroud did not run in college. Um, Cardale Jones could run, but they didn't. I mean, this would be the first time they actually have a threat who would probably run um, on designed runs and scramble as much as J.J. McCarthy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering, in the world of college football these days, there is a discussion point of how good does your quarterback need to be to win a national championship? And mm-hmm. Michigan has shifted the paradigm of how we view national champions quite a bit in the last few days. and. JJ McCarthy. Well, in terms of like roster building and what you need and all the things that we've talked about all month, I do think that the way that they won as a team and the fact that they didn't really have any dynamic um, offensive skill outside of the running back room. I mean, Mm -hmm. they've done a lot of things that I didn't think were possible after finishing watching 2019 LSU. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And circumstances might have provided an easier route this year, but it doesn't matter. They did it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very curious if Ohio State returns a defense that is proficient as it was last year, or at least matches the production, and they have an upgrade at quarterback from Kyle McCord, and Jeremiah Smith produces right away. They have got the best one-two running back combination maybe in the country. Their offensive lineman improves. McLaughlin remembers how to snap the football. Mm -hmm. They have a chance to have a very good football team next year. They definitely have a chance, but I I think in in this world of fantasy football, where you start putting together these these super teams, which I thought we actually had an interesting discussion after the game um, about what that looks like and, and how that happens. And I'm not saying Ohio State's necessarily a super team, but like Will Howard, Quinshawn Judkins, these are very accomplished players in their own right before coming to Ohio State. It doesn't always work out. Um, and I think it can, and I won't be surprised if it does, but the idea that I think they're just going to just be a wagon day one, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure, but it, this is, I mean, these are, this is what I'm saying. I think is really interesting. And this is where college football, I don't think all the movement is great for the sport in general at the level that it's happening right now. And I think that will be temporary in the sport as the rules change, as player status changes, as we get closer to employee status, whatever that looks like. I don't think the movement as currently constructed is great for the sport, but what it is, is extremely interesting <laughs> because for a long time, Ari, all the off season conversation was, is the new guy good? And we don't really know, right? You you hadn't really seen a lot. A lot of the scope programs shut down practices. You don't see a lot of practices. Obviously, you don't have practice film to look at. You're kind of just guessing, you know? Uh, and sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. But Will Howard, we've seen a lot of him. Quinshaw Judkins is going to be great regardless. Like, he's unbelievable. Um, but you're putting a guy who's a good player, not a great player, into a different offense with totally different weapons and a totally different world. And so the idea that he could, you know, go through the roof is really interesting. Um, but it's 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 new arithmetic. Um, I mean, it's the same quarterback through. discussion that you have on every level. What if Tom Brady were drafted by the Cleveland Browns? What if J.J. Mm-hmm. McCarthy played for Arizona State? Like, it, mm-hmm. when you put somebody in a system where they can throw the ball up and they have a monster of a receiver that's going to go get it, Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that I think is interesting about Ohio State's offense is that they don't necessarily employ as many get the ball out plays or get the ball out quickly plays as a team like Washington. Like Washington almost used like these receiver screen tunnel screen type plays on in rushing situations. And it worked very well. And it, when it comes to stat padding, um, you know, some of the like Bo Nix, I think, had a lot of really advantageous, you know, situations. Throws, you know, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know that Ohio State's offense is. Uh, in a position that it's going to be like, you know, producing like Penix and, and Bo Nix did in terms of quarterback stat numbers, but I'm not considered, I'm not, con- I'm not concerned about the Heisman race. I'm concerned about effective offense and a quarterback who can be dangerous enough to put the ball where it needs to be 
um, playmakers that can take the top off of a defense and a team that can run the ball first, which Ohio State hasn't been for a long time. So um, Mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting thing. One last question I'll leave you with, and then we'll move on from Ohio State. Will Howard at Kansas State has 921 career rushing yards, uh, 4.1 yards per carry, and 19 rushing touchdowns. 2,643 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and 10 yards per attempt this past season. Um, What is your viewpoint of Ryan Day as a quarterback developer, and did it change at all? Um, And I was talking to my buddy Bill Landis over text about this, and I was asking him if he thought that Will Howard could make a big jump because, listen, the guy, they're not getting Justin Fields in the portal here. They're getting a person that we kind of know who he is already. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael Penix and Bo Nix had crazy transformations at their new place. Jaden Daniels, I believe, mm-hmm. had a, obviously a, a crazy transformation, but these guys all had more than one year to settle into the new system before they became who they became. Mm-hmm. This is a one-year scenario. How much credence do you give to Ryan Day, the quarterback developer, as it pertains to how much confidence you can get to see Will Howard move up to a next level of stardom or proficiency that we didn't really feel like it existed before there? On a macro level, it's not good. On a micro level, it might work. But this, if you're Ohio State, this is not. But from a Ryan Day perspective, though. That's what I'm saying. This is not what you want. He's been there long enough that you should have somebody behind Kyle McCord or, you know, that it is Kyle McCord that you have evaluated, that you have developed, and that you have you put in a position to succeed. They missed on Kyle McCord. He's not what they thought he was going to be, you know, a five-star recruit. He was one of the weak spots on their team last year. And so it's not good. You missed at your quarterback spot and you don't have a recruit or somebody coming through the pipeline that you feel good handing the keys to. And in a program where you're Ohio state, you're not having to really, like you said, bring in luxury items in the portal, lean on portal for important. It might work. And in a micro perspective, it's probably good. But from a macro health of the program perspective, this is not what you want. Yeah. What about his development in year one, though? Do you get? Do you think Ryan Day as a quarterback developer puts him in a position where you give him more of a high, or a higher chance or a higher ceiling than Will Howard if he would have gone somewhere else? Or do you even think that it's in the same category as if he would have picked USC, which is what we were widely expecting a month ago? <sighs> I mean... I don't know. This year shook my faith in Ryan Day as a as quarterback guy, right? You can say as a coach, a it's okay. Had, no, if but you're going to say as a I mean, coach. No, Ohio State was okay. You know, they weren't. They didn't have a, the, a great year, but they were fine. They were like fine's not, not you know, okay. It's I know it's not, but yeah. there wasn't like a total disaster where it's like it you're wasn't? looking at. No, it wasn't Ari. It wasn't a total disaster. No. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, but the fact that you're sitting here, you don't believe in Devin Brown, clearly. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think this will be a very pivotal year because if you get in there and and, Ryan, and uh, Will Howard throws for 3,600 yards and 35 touchdowns, feels like maybe you got, your, you got your juice a little back. So we'll see. And they also have a five-star freshman coming in too. So Ohio yeah. State had to do the tightrope of – we don't have two years to play with a transfer. We need to get one person in for a mm-hmm. one-year thing because you don't want to chase off Aaron Nolan, who is, by all accounts, going to be a really good player. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's a very complex issue. If this were an Ohio State show, I think we could go another 45 minutes on it. But unfortunately, we have to move on. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reese Poffenbarger 
Henry Rosenbacker has uh, committed from the University of Albany mm-hmm. and the Walter Payton Award finalist for the FCS's Offensive Player of the Year to Miami. He led the FCS in passing yards and touchdowns this season. That's 3,600 passing yards and 36 touchdowns. Um, Miami missed out on some of the bigger names in the portal, like DJ Uyunglele, Will Howard, Riley Leonard, Malachi Nelson, Malik Murphy, Aiden Childs, and Dante Moore. How do you feel about an FCS guy who performed very well at that level, moving up to a Power 5 program that is really, really, really dying for a 10-win season? I feel very good about this. This is actually, I think, a market inefficiency in the portal system. Okay? Because if you are... Uh, the 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 uh, the track record for 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 lower level players that move up is pretty good. It's not great, but it's pretty good. And the quarterback spot, again, I I, I scream this from the mountaintops: processing and accuracy. Everybody wants to talk tools, and everybody gets excited about tools and size and draft prospect. If you're accurate, if you can process the field, those are the two most important things. And that has nothing to do with what size pads you wear or, you know, how tall you are, whatever. So if you have a guy that has a ton of production at a lower level, I mean, we saw Austin Reed's probably the best example, right? If a guy has a ton of production at a lower level, it comes up and moves up and you get some weapons around him, you get him in a good system, just because, and I'm not speaking about Poffenbarger specifically, but in general. You have to call him Rosenbagger. Rosenbagger, sure. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Oh, have you ever seen Rookie of the Year? Oh, yes. I watched it. Not no Roland lie. I watched this. Oh, wait. No, that was Little Big League. I get those movies mixed up. I watched Little it's Big It's easy League, to mix those up. Like, yeah, it is. I watched that movie but like like a month ago. It was on well, TV in, and I got stuck in, in. Rookie of the Year, the main character has some sort of arm surgery. Yeah. That, Titans a tendon and it allows him to throw a pitch yeah. uh, 110 miles an hour. And his name was Henry Roland Gardner. Rowan, yeah, Roland Gardner. And yes. the manager kept messing up his name, called him like Hosenbagger and Rosenmucker and all these things. And this guy's name mm-hmm. is Reese Poffenbarger. And I know that people take a delight in names in college football. There was a recruit recently that had went made its rounds with, with a weird, with a weird name. And mm-hmm. I just think that this name is amazing. This is this might it be my favorite like, name. It sounds like Reese Poffenbarger. It sounds like an obscure pastry that you it, learn about in your thirties, like and then you food. eat it, and it's delicious. Yeah, like a like, like a Dutch like, pastry. Yeah, like people who move to Texas and find out about kolaches. What is the uh, what is the the Danish do- the Danish pancake that's like filled with something? I forget what those are called. You're they have the pans the guy on the show that knows. I that. know. <laughs> You're not asking <laughs> the right gonna, guy here. This is going to drive me crazy. They have the pans at Williams Sonoma. Uh, What's it? Describe it for me. It's a little pancake that you make in a tray that you bake, and it's filled with something. Uh, oh, Eibelskivers. That's it. Eibelskivers. I've never heard that word in my entire life. Eibelskivers. Yeah. They're, well, they're great, Ari. You should, you should look them up. You should open up an Eibelskiver uh, restaurant at the airport <laughs> and only be open from 5 to 7 a.m. <laughs> we'll, think about it. we'll think about it. But anyway, I think in general, like that is a market inefficiency that if you need a quarterback, getting a guy from a lower level, that it makes sense why the D1 schools didn't want him. You know, Mason Fine at North Texas set the world on fire um, because they're too small or their arm strength isn't great, or all these things that that guys get knocked for as recruits, but they're really, really productive. And you bring a kid in who has been productive, and I feel like he's probably going to keep being productive if he's accurate and he processes well, and you can see that on tape, obviously. So I like the move. I think this is something that schools that need a quarterback, that aren't Ohio State, that are you know high-level G5, low-level uh, P5, that are looking around and say, oh, our quarterback, we're in a weird quarterback spot. Maybe we need that bridge guy or we you know, had our guy poached or whatever. The lower levels, I think this is, this is something that more schools should sniff around on, um, whether by choice or whether, I mean, obviously not by choice. You'd love to just develop your quarterback. So if you need a guy, uh, I think that's a, that's a really, really interesting spot. And those guys are probably going to be cheaper than the big-time transfers, which are a big-time transfer quarterback. I mean, Matt Rule is not wrong. It's well into the seven digits if you're talking about, you know, a, a Will Howard type of guy. 
Miami had two quarterbacks on its roster um, going into next year with Emory Williams and Ja'Kuri Brown. Williams suffered a compound fracture against Florida State, and Ja'Kuri Brown played in the bowl game against Rutgers that they lost and had three total touchdowns. They've only signed one quarterback in the last two cycles, and that's three-star Judd Anderson, and that was this cycle, and he is a deep developmental guy. So I feel like they have some experience that will be on the roster, but this is kind of a a lot to put on Rosenbagger's shoulders. I mean, sure, but again, if you can, if you've done it before, if you have played a ton, I think that that pays off for you. So, well, I here are some other here are some other quarterbacks, Dave, that moved up a level, and it's not quite as drastic. But mm-hmm. Tanner Mordecai went from uh, WKU, um, no, SMU, no SMU, right? SMU. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Why I said WKU, uh, SMU to Wisconsin. Shador Sanders went from Jackson State to Colorado. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. Thomas Castellano, Castellanos. You know, mm-hmm. I can't say that name because of that home run video that everyone, Nick Castellanos. <laughs> uh, have you seen that home run video? Yeah, not, that a, everybody not a baseball snorkeled. guy, but I'm very yeah. well aware of uh, Castellanos. Yeah, UCF yeah. to Boston College, and then Ben Bryant went from Cincinnati to Northwestern. Um, G5 uh, to Power 5 because they weren't in the Big 12 yet. Mm-hmm. This is a more drastic move, but we have seen mm-hmm. some success of guys who move up. Mm-hmm. And I think so. I mean, I, I it'll be it'll be really interesting. You know, we uh, we'll talk about Jaden Maiava later in the show, but um, you know, UNLV's. Why don't we just move to it right Campbell. now? Why don't we just move right? Let's now? do it. Why don't you just go into it for us, Dave? Here's the thing on this Jaden Maiava situation. This is what I don't like about the state of college football right now. Is I understand kids want to get paid. That's a huge thing. I get that. And I, I've talked to coaches about this this week, and and it's been you know a pretty hot button issue. The current landscape as currently constructed it's a lot like the job market when do you get paid in the job market Ari it's when you move that's when you have a really big uh, opportunity to to get paid well but when you're an adult and you're working in the um, you know work field you can still move jobs and still develop whether you're an engineer or a salesman or a journalist it doesn't really matter you can still move and still develop. Maybe not every year, but you can move and still develop. But in the college football world, as it currently is constructed, when you move and you get paid, there are so many variables that when you move, my teammates, the personal dynamics, you know, playing on a football team is different than being on a sales team or being in a newsroom or whatever. It's just different. Uh, the system is going to be very, very different. All the coaches, the leadership, these things are going to be very, very different that can very acutely impact what you do on the field. And what is happening to a lot of guys, quarterbacks, but other guys that, that are making moves um, that are financially motivated is you are going into situations that are worse for your long-term personal development. Okay. And maybe this will work out for Jaden Maiava, who I guess has, you know, overnight his dad said it's going, you know, he was committed to Georgia, but now he's flipped and maybe go to USC. This could go back and forth. It's between Georgia and USC. We'll see. It doesn't particularly matter. Either place, it sounds like he's more than likely going to be a backup uh, in, in year one. Less so probably at he USC. You probably have a higher chance of starting at USC, though, right? A higher chance, yes. Will that, you know, will, will that happen? I, I don't know. Um, but you're in a situation at UNLV, okay, where you're in this really innovative offensive system, Brandon Marion's go-go offense, and quite frankly, you know, uh, most people thought Brandon was probably going to be a head coach this offseason, but more than likely, he may be a head coach next offseason, and he might have taken you with him. You could go wherever, you know, wherever he ends up, or, you know, we'll see. But the problem is, from a 30,000-foot level, is guys are making financially motivated decisions that hurt their long-term development and their odds of succeeding at the next level for a short paycheck. And if you don't have a lot of money and you want to get paid in the short term, I understand that. I get that. But I think that there is a lot of people, a lot of kids playing in the sport that don't have a 30,000-foot view of the sport that say, okay, well, we're going to take this paycheck now that might hurt your long-term chances of getting the real money. NIL money can change your life short-term, but it's not my family doesn't ever have to work again money. That's not what's happening. Dave, so what do you think he should have done then? Gone to another Power 5 school? No, I think he should stay at UNLV. That's the issue. Um, And continue to be productive. 
and go and and maybe if you're going, I mean, you are going to get better if you're starting 13 games in a good system, playing it, than going somewhere bigger and being a backup or competing for a job. Like reps make you better. The biggest um, correlation to NFL success that I rely on, that I think that is the best um, uh, uh, indicator, is career starts. These guys that come into the NFL mm-hmm. with 11 career starts, it doesn't go well a lot of the time. And you're talking about a kid who's a true freshman, had an unbelievable year, is in a great offense, and maybe there is not uh, a ton of NFL concepts in there, but you can, you can adjust that later. But going somewhere to go sit for a year, you're not going to get better. It's, I think that what he is probably looking at is the long-term trajectory of what he could be down the line at the new place. This isn't a one-year rental. Play this year and then go do that and go be a starter somewhere. The idea that you're going to leave in a good situation. Yes. Um, You're not going to get better if you don't play. And also, too, if he ends up at Georgia, like you have to also remember that Beck, Stockton, and Puglisi, the true freshman that signed this year, are also on that roster. Yes. Um, So, like, they have... And then, obviously, you never know what USC is going to do in the portal. Like, none of those places mm-hmm. are generally, like, project two or three years down the line at quarterback, yes. and I'm the guy places. Um, yes. Those things can change at the drop of a hat like they do every year. So, I do think that's an interesting change. dynamic there because he did have a great year, and UNLV was very good as a result of his year. Um, yeah. You would think that playing would always be better than not playing. Being better than not playing. I think I, I don't think I would that. think that. I think I would know that. And I just, you know. There's just there's so many factors at play. Although there's a lot of moving pieces, and I Mitch I don't th- Light and I has gotten to a major argument about this on Stars Matter. Mm-hmm. He thinks that if you're an elite level player, that you will be found by anybody in the NFL. I think that is true. That's true. I do. I, I agree. What I don't agree with is that the quality of coaching is the same everywhere. So if mm-hmm. he is going to go to USC in this fake scenario, or this is speculative, but for discussion purposes, mm-hmm. has a chance to start in year one because Miller Moss has not proven to be the guy because he had a good bowl game. Like I think yes. that you need there's a real competition there. And then you say, I'm going to go work for a person who has a unbelievable track record of developing players. Mm-hmm. I might not win the job this year. But I will win it eventually. I'm going to make a nice little paycheck while I'm developing, and then I will be the star in the future. Um, betting on yourself, I think, is a cool thing too. Like, I don't think he's an idiot for doing this. I think I don't know. I don't it, think he's an idiot, but I think it's in general, you know, a bird in the hand is worth what two in the bush? Is that what they say? I don't know. I've never it's seen a bird in the bush before. I haven't either. But th- this is just ultimately, it's not even about Jaden Mayava in general. It's not good for the sport when all of the incentive is for guys to move. There are a million reasons. I mean, they got to wake up because some, I think like more than half of the P5 starters at quarterback this year were, yeah. were transfers. Like, that, yeah. I didn't do the math on that, but I bet you it was yeah. half. Or, or in some cases, yeah. literally millions of reasons to leave. And I think in some ways you um, slow your development. Um, when you're jumping around, not just quarterbacks in general, yeah. I'm a big believer in continuity. And when you hurt that and you're learning a new system every year, I mean, we see it with quarterbacks all the time. That do I mean, it's funny to think that like Miami, you could have gone to Miami maybe. Or gone to a place that is P5. Yeah. And has a job open. And I, I don't know if it was even an option, but I'm just saying like, I'm sure there were other places that would have taken him. So um, I mean, you got to get your money right. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Let's move on to some of the big remaining transfers that were um, mm-hmm. brought to us by Max's portal rankings. Number one, um, I don't know if these are ranked in order, but we're going to go through some of the bigger names. Yeah. Evan Stewart, I think one of the best receivers in college football last year. Yeah. I don't know if we got to experience it much because A&M was out of the relevance picture for much of the year. This is a former five-star recruit, I believe, from North Texas, um, who is in the portal making a decision right now. He has visited Oregon. I'm sure returning to A&M is probably still an option because Elko was the head coach there. Yeah. Um, been and a long time, it feels there's like. other programs, maybe like Penn state who would love to have him. Mm. Um, whoever gets this kid's getting a stuff. Yes. hundred percent. We've seen enough. Um, the last couple of years have not been great situations. The, the Bobby Petrino 
you know, feed the studs, uh, lame duck experience of the last year. And also, Bob Petrino has made some comments to the effect of he wasn't exactly given the keys to the offense. Um, you know, certainly they influenced, they did some, some things and influences in the offense, but he's going to have much more uh, autonomy at Arkansas than he did at AM. And I think that probably affected Evan Stewart's productivity. But Evan Stewart is a stud, great player. Uh, whoever gets him is if you screw it up, you screwed it up. He's a good player. Yep. And so, uh, I mean, that's, it's, that's an exciting name of the portal. He, I, he's been in there. He went in there like on portal day. Didn't he? it's been, like, yeah, he's been in there for, yeah, he's been in there for a while. Yeah. I don't know what they're waiting on. Um, cause you maybe gotta teams get in that there have been and, participating in the national championship race to finish their seasons too. But well, sure. Say. But like, I mean, Will Howard went to, went to Washington and they were, you know, like you could you could figure yeah. it out. I, it's 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 weird for a player of that quality to be in the portal for this long, um, and you know maybe some of that's money negotiation. We'll see. But um, yeah. And again, also, can we brief aside all the money stuff? There's still a stigma against a lot of this stuff. Like the money is influencing a lot of these portal decisions. Like it's fine. Like they're gonna yeah. they're still uh, while we're still doing this. Uh, you know, we're gonna pretend like it's nil song and dance. There's still a little bit of like hush hushness to a lot of these negotiations, but like the money is, is influencing a lot of these decisions. And like, that's fine. Uh, you know, this isn't like a shameful thing. I think you have to make smart decisions for, like we were saying for your long-term future, but in Evan Stewart's case, I think he's going to thrive wherever he goes. And I think it's different for quarterbacks and some other positions, you know, he's, a, he's an NFL player here. regardless where he goes. Oh, yeah. I think he's already. Oh yeah. That. So yeah. Okay. And the next one on the list here is Talia Tungavailoa from Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. Who still has an eligibility thing that we're we're trying to work so out? The issue, um, yes, yeah, so the issue with Talia is when he was a freshman, he played five games, um, but, but it was one of like, them was like two well, kneel yeah, downs or something. One of them was like two kneel downs, and one of them he just finished a game, I believe, when when Tua got hurt um, uh, when he had the the hip dislocation. I think that was the I think that was the problem. It was a bad looking injury. Tua so, got hurt, and I think he came in for two plays where he wasn't really playing. Yeah, he was and a so yeah, and so their case basically is. Well, in 2023, you can play five games um, because uh, they they did the uh, it's four games and the bowl game doesn't count. Right. And so that's sort of the case that I believe they're going to be making. I like them to win this case just because the NCAA limiting players eligibility, limiting players NIL earnings. There's a lot of precedence. Uh, the NCAA has not done well in court. Uh, we've done we've we've delved into this issue a little bit. So I think whatever school leans into him um, and is willing to sort of sort of somewhat take a chance. I think he's going to be back on a college football field next Dave, year. They, they might, you know, this is a March podcast maybe, mm-hmm. but in a world where Talia loses the NCAA decision, sues the NCAA for eligibility and NIL and restriction and wins. The NCAA knows they're going to lose. That's why they're not going to probably, but if they that. win, where do you draw the line on like is in a world with NIL earning potential in this mm-hmm. country? Will we ever get to the point where eligibility is just ruled out? Yes. Like this that is, is interesting. Like, it is. I think, I think, uh, I think Stephen Godfrey tweeted this uh, and it's a very interesting question of like, okay, so if you don't have NFL prospects and you want to just, stay in school and continue getting degrees and your grades are there. Like yeah, the, you play for 14 years and just get nine doctorates. I exactly. Mean, if you're not, if you don't, if there's not an employment agreement, like in the current, just me, just sort of playing, um, you know, uh, backseat lawyer here or whatever you want to call it. If you challenged that now, for whatever reason, if you said, I don't want to go to the NFL, I don't have NFL prospects, but I can make a bunch of money in college and I want to continue to get another degree. I think if you press that in the courts, you would probably win. If you had already played for six years and like, but I want to play for two more. Nobody's really done that. But I think if you got a lawyer and went hard after it and had a school that was willing to back you and take you, honestly, I think you would win in the courts. The NCAA would not, would actually push back. So what what happens when and if that happens then? Well, I think what's going to happen is by the time that that becomes a discussion point, we're going to have something. Again, I always say it's not that it's going to be employment contracts. It's not going to be revenue sharing or employment maybe in name, but in reality, it will look like something like employment. It will look like something like revenue sharing. And when you do that, then you get a lot more of your, your, a lot more of your power back of like, okay, players can't be transferring all the time. 
um, because now we're paying you and now it's it's something close to an employment contract and the eligibility stuff can go away. But as currently constructed, where because every single NCAA rule lose. that exists right now can be challenged in court and be and they will lose. Yes, exactly. So literally that, pretty much every incident. So they, they, they oh. might have to arrive at an employment situation just yes. to, for the sake of survival. At a I agree point. with you on this. Um, so, so that that's a, that's an in-depth discussion that we probably don't have much time is, to get if, into. If but Talia is not playing college football next fall, I will be very surprised. And, and the, the other thing that we have to add about this too, Dave, the not to keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. Um, okay. There was this notion that he could go to Miami mm-hmm. and like do the Tonga Vailoa brothers in South Florida, like NIL thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, Saturday, Sunday brother combo. Uh, I don't know if that's on the table anymore after the, um, the QB. They just already, took. Yeah. But didn't, didn't he also flirt with Miami like the first time he transferred and it was, that was on the table then too. Yeah. Miami I don't know Miami. that that's been the speculation. So I don't know if that's still going to be the speculation if, and when he gets his eligibility, um, yeah. we'll go to that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, some quick other names here. Um, Jamari Caldwell, from the defensive tackle from Houston. C.J. Mm-hmm. Daniels, a very good receiver from Liberty. Rod Hurd, the second from Northwestern. He's a corner. Um, Aiden White, a cornerback from NC State. And then Logan Diggs, the running back. Um, and Lance Hurd, the offensive lineman from LSU, which is a nice segue into the next segment, which is a bowl season debrief and what we need to know. We're going to we're going to try to breeze through this. We're going a little long because we had Ohio State in the podcast and I wasn't reined in properly. Um, <laughs> Brian Kelly cleaned house uh, after the year, um, yeah. fired defensive coordinator Matt House um, mm-hmm. and the cornerback safeties and defensive line coach, too. I think when you have a season that bad defensively, this is kind of the Can't only thing that a coach can do. And. You know, frankly speaking, if you see inefficiencies on your staff or you don't have the production necessary, I think coaches have a duty to their players and their um, fan base to make the necessary changes. They yeah. hired ex-Missouri defensive coordinator Blake Baker and made him the highest paid assistant coach in college football. That is a three-year, $7.5 million deal. Our lovely producer, Camelina, did the math for me. That is $2.5 million a year. Good work. You can get it. Uh, thank you, Cam. Um Missouri alumni, David Ubbin, the biggest tiger I know. <laughs> Thoughts you on the learn, you, need, you need to get to learn. You need to get to know more tigers. All right. Uh, Actually, I know quite a bit of tigers because I work at the athletic. But one of my good buddies here in town that I know because his daughter's mm-hmm. uh, best friends with my daughter went to Mizzou. There's a lot mm-hmm. of us. And then the person in my neighborhood that's a good buddy of mine played for Mizzou. I actually know quite a bit of tigers. And you're Shout still the number one. You're the number one tiger. <laughs> and this woman that I work out with at the gym went to Mizzou, and you came to your wedding. It's true. It's true. Uh, Randomly, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I liked them at house hire when they made it. It's one of those that it made a lot of sense at the time, and it just did not work out. And they were a okay defense last year. The biggest thing to me this year was just the personnel did not match the production. Now the secondary was kind of a disaster. They, they tried to piece it together in the portal. It didn't work, but you still had Mason Smith. You still had Makai Wingo. You still had Harold Perkins. Their front seven was not particularly good. And that doesn't really add up when you look at the kind of talent that they had. The players they had, they had like the best linebacker and interior defensive lineman in the country, which is, I think probably the foundation of why LSU didn't come close to exceeding the expert or meeting the expectations that you had for it this year. They had a Heisman trophy winning quarterback. Literally, they had Harold Perkins yes. and the best interior defensive lineman potentially, Mason Smith, in the country, and they mm-hmm. weren't very good. Like it's, yes. it's bananas. That's hard to do. That's hard yeah. to do. 
So because yeah, those are three I mean, very important positions. Dave, quarterback, yeah, interior, defensive line. I mean, yeah, Blake can do it. A young, a young, youngish guy um, who is pretty accomplished. He's been a coordinator at a bunch of different places, and um, you know what they did at Missouri this last year. Combination of really good effort, um, really good uh, schematics. Uh, you didn't have a lot of busts. They're really sound. Um, really good development, and, th- and they didn't have a ton of like big time, big time guys. They had some really good players. You know, Ennis Rakestraw will be an NFL guy. Darius Robinson. I mean, Kirby Smart was like shaking his head, like we couldn't block that guy all night. Um, and so, you know, they've recruited really well. Um, but he's uh, it's it's a uh, it's a good opportunity, and obviously one that he had to make. And I think too, you know, I think uh, Eli uh, Drinkwitz, you know, had posted sort of a thanks for everything you know, good luck at the next step. I mean, Blake is a, a good dude and um, a guy that I think will be a, a nice fit on that staff and um, a guy that players really like. And uh, it's a good hire. I mean, if you're ranking them on the short list of, of best DCs in college football, I mean, they could be on that list uh, pretty quick here. So nice hire. And obviously a guy that is, uh, you know, very familiar with Louisiana. That's, uh, you know, it's home for him and uh, it's going to be, uh, I mean, it's, you never know, but I I would be shocked if it doesn't work out quite well. And and all you need to do, all you want to do, is get your talent to play close to or beyond its potential. Missouri did that this year. It's a big reason why. I mean, you watch that. Uh, well, really, them all year. The defense was really good for most of the year. They had a couple hiccups, but they were really good. LSU, not that. LSU played. All right, did LSU's defense play below its talent level? more than any unit in the country. I think you could make that case, yes. right? Yeah. Well, what, who, yeah. what other case would you make? Well, here's uh, maybe, a funny stat. that some State's offense. Penn State's offense. I saw offense this on Twitter, be. though. Fun fact, fun stat, quirky stat. Mm-hmm. Penn State threw for more touchdowns this year than Ohio State did. Did they really? Interesting. And I think they led the Big Ten uh, in passing touchdowns. This year. Oh, good Lord. Are you kidding me? I think that's the, yeah. I mean, the team that won the national championship at quarterback had like two touchdown passes in six weeks. <laughs> I'm going to refrain from commenting. The Big Ten people are already mad at me. The Big Ten's the national champion, bud. You can say whatever I you know. want. I, it's fine. Listen, I'm not. Michigan had a great season. It was an all Big Ten title game, too. It was. It was. Uh, but I'm just looking forward to some aesthetically more pleasing football with uh, Oregon and Washington coming to the mix. But here's the thing you got to understand. Oh, no. Aesthetically pleasing doesn't always mean better because I think you can make the case that Washington is the most aesthetically pleasing team to watch in college football this year. They're up there. And it was ugly as hell when they got on the field. I know, but this goes back to, again, our differing views of the sport. This this is inter- this is supposed to be entertainment. Yeah, this no, I'm with you. I'd rather watch Washington humming than them stinking. I'm yeah. just saying, like you roll your eyes. It was effective enough eyes. to win the I, national I, championship. So I, I mean, I'm, I am a listen. I am a Michigan respecter. I am a uh, Ohio State respecter. But I, I would say I'm probably not a big. You Ten said West that you could not trust Michigan's defensive numbers because they played in the shitty Big Ten all year. Didn't and say they didn't came trust out and them. Then, did not say didn't trust them. Just said. Are they You're wary of bit? are they are even they good or if they're bit? yeah if they're inflated yes. and they gave up one touchdown to Washington yeah but here's the thing all right all the things that were that we were talking about with Michigan are true they did not play very many if any good offenses until they played I mean Alabama kind of I'm not they saying that you were wrong to question it going into yeah, it I'm yeah, saying that I'm you're saying. right you you were the they notion that it. we yeah that we should was proven wrong. Yes, well, um, Michigan proved it. Yeah, they did it in the championship game. They faced defense and offense that they had not played better than an offense better than they had played by a wide, wide margin, and they shut them down. That's really and, and impressive. going back to LSU here, Dave, real quick, and then we'll keep running on the pod here. Is uh, offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock was swept off his feet by Marcus Freeman and is now coaching at Notre Dame. So we have yeah. some Notre Dame to LSU uh, two way streets here. Going, um, that's going back, and now back with, to South Bend, South Bend, and now with. Jaden Daniels gone next season will kind of be another what I think might be a rebuilding year. I know Garrett Nussmeyer is coming back. Um, he had 340 passing yards and a few touchdowns against uh, Wisconsin in whatever bowl game that was. But I think LSU's defense might be a much much better unit next year, considering what they're bringing back talent wise. But it'll be very interesting to see mm-hmm. um, where LSU would be in that pantheon of 12 team playoff discussion. I know it was on your list. 
And I think a team that is as talented as them just on paper has to be on that list. But whether mm-hmm. or not it actually turns into an effective football team next year is going to be a nice little test for Brian Kelly going into what, Having year three helps. now. Was that the, yeah. Was that the zombie Outback Bowl they played in? I, I, I think very so. I confused. I, they, the, you the know, when I was in college, makes it very difficult. When I was in college, Dave, I was the type of person who would cram for a test and then I would take the test. And then after walking out, if I had to take the test again, I would not remember anything. Like it like purges my brain purges I'm not the information. To hear this, sorry. So I'm like not once a bowl game happens, I don't remember the only one that I remember, and that's my hats off to the Pop Tarts people. Mm-hmm. I remember the Pop Tart Bowl. Um, but like mm-hmm. the Sarsaparilla root beer bowl and all the other bowls, like it just like one ear out the other for me. All right, we 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 went over this on the last podcast. Sarsaparilla is a. Do you know how many senators are in the U.S. Uh, Senate? Three twenty-five. <laughs> no, did I hit it? You know how many? No, you did it. You got it. What was you it? Got a, It's a hundred. Do you know how many Wait, representatives? No, you, Three twenty-five. House of Rep. No, four thirty-five. Are <laughs> four thirty-five? See, th- see what I'm talking about? <laughs> you were close. You, you weren't wrong. You didn't tell me about the senators. You only told me about the representatives. No, we did. We I come back you, next we week for more politics. teaching Ari Wasserman politics. <laughs> it'll be a good. It'll it's, be. it's civics, Ari. It's not politics. This and is now that we're talking about civics. politics, here are the three things I want to get off my chest. Cam, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Defensive coordinator <laughs> Kevin Steele retires from Alabama. Alabama needs a new defensive coordinator. Kenny wrote about Kenny. Um, our Alabama beat writer wrote about the possible candidates for vacancy uh Tavares Robinson from Alabama's secondary in-house. coach mm-hmm. um in-house and Charlie Strong who's an Alabama analyst and mm-hmm. you know has been a head coach at a high level Caleb Downs is an all-American pick uh Kool-Aid McKintree is likely to be a first round draft pick the secondary has been very good for Alabama mm-hmm. um second consecutive year that Alabama needs to make a coordinator hire um and I don't know if we can say that the offensive coordinator hire went well. Um, probably could. I mean, they made the playoff, but yeah, it was kind of I mean, had its ups and downs. Like, um, yeah, they the the issue here is I wasn't a big buyer in Alabama's offensive just talent in general. We we went on this offensive line. Uh, you know, we weren't sure what Miller was. They didn't have a lot of answers at quarterback, but they got a lot better defensively. The personnel is ridiculous. They're going to be fine. I think this is one of those situations where. Nick Saban is still sort of your shadow defensive coordinator. You know, you're still running the Nick Saban, that 3-4 system that they do. They'll, they'll be okay. I'm not too worried about that. I think whoever takes over there will be fine, in part because you still have Saban in the room. Um, he's still your sort of de facto uh, defensive coordinator emeritus, and the personnel is ridiculous. I think they'll be fine. All right, Dave, I'm, I'm going to do some, some speed round here. Um, okay. just, just let me cook. David mm-hmm. Braun um, hires a new defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator. Um, David Braun had a really good year considering the circumstances. And I mean, maybe the best year. Yeah. Yeah. Like might be a candidate for coach of the year um, in my book. Uh, mm-hmm. North Carolina part, parted ways with defensive coordinator Gene Chizik. Hugh mm-hmm. Freeze and offensive coordinator Philip Montgomery parted ways. Uh, Freeze is going to take over the play calling. I think that happens when you only score 13 points in a bowl game against Maryland. That said, I don't know how offensive plays. Yeah, I'm not really either. It doesn't Um, go great a lot of the time. Also, there was a lot of, and this might even be a segment that we have to bring back in a future show, but young quarterbacks made made starts for the first time in the bowl season that are going to probably be the main fixtures of their team going into the following year. Um, Avery Johnson at Kansas State, we alluded to earlier when talking about Will Howard. Uh, Jackson Arnold at OU, which is part of the mm-hmm. reason why the Ga- Dylan Gabriel is now at Oregon, mm-hmm. and Nico Aya, I- I- uh, e- no, I- Iamaleava, Iamaleava, Iamaya. We'll get there. We'll get there. It took it's me a while to January get Uyunglele, and I still think I got it wrong. Uyunglele, yeah. Well, is that the? I, mean, I think that's the wrong way to say it. it I, I st- it's all repetition. You know, you know what we need to do bad habits. Mm-hmm. Dave, is that we need to find out a way that everybody mispronounces it, but it's the easiest way to mispronounce it, and then it becomes accepted. That's how we. That's how we can do it. Well, here's my. Here's I actually have a hot take about this. We could talk Tagovailoa for. We said Tagovailoa. 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 His entire college career, and it's actually Tungovailoa. Yeah. Uh, I have a hot take. I have a hot take about this. Okay. I think if you're a quarterback and the world at large is mispronouncing your name and you don't aggressively find a way to correct it, 
I don't love that. I don't love that for my quarterback. I would like him to sort of grab the bull by the horns. If you don't correct how people mispronounce your last name, then you're not draftable. Like kind of one of those NFL Network segments. <laughs> I would like my Caleb Williams know. cried in the stands. He should be a second rounder now. You will, so get the hell you out will of here. respect me. It's one of those deals where I'm like, it probably doesn't matter. But if I'm looking at it, I'm like. Ah. Here, here are some things that we didn't give some flowers that we didn't give to people during the bowl season that we wanted to make sure that we mentioned on the show here. Dave Wyoming recorded a nine win season. It's the most since 1996 in head coach Craig Bowles last game. Yeah, um, Andrew scored Peasley. 10 points for Toledo in the fourth quarter to win. That was a very invigorating game. I think that was the Barstool Bowl. And the reason why I remember that is because it was played about 150 feet from my freshman dorm room. Nice. Memphis posted its fourth 10 win season of the decade after putting up over 500 yards against Iowa State in the Liberty Bowl. Uh, Alan Bowman threw 400 yards um, for Oklahoma State and a win over Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl. Um I guess Bowman is celebrating by returning for his seventh year next year. He um, is. <laughs> yeah, they're called doctors. Um, okay. <laughs> and big win for Neil Brown at West Virginia. Brent Pryatt, uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Tech, Lance Leipold at Kansas, and Brent Key at Georgia Tech. All teams that have been up and down in recent years, but finally seem to be stabilizing some. Neil Brown was on the hot seat last year. I want to give him a special shout Massive out for season having for a Virginia. really, really good season. And, yeah. you know, maybe sometimes sticking with somebody uh, for longer than you find comfortable is a good thing to do. Continuity okay. reigns. The last thing we're going to do here, Dave, um, we're going to get to one Sunday sound off voicemail because we just want to do these regularly in the off season, and we appreciate everybody who participates. Cam, why don't you play it for us? Hi, this is Joshua from Columbus. Ari and David love the whole podcast, but I have to get this ran off as I'm driving to work. Congrats to Michigan. Hooray, hooray. I might be coming off as a big high state hater, and I don't care. But please, please, please. Don't tell me that Michigan is the third best program now because they won a national championship. They had a core <laughs> group of guys that knew how to beat Ohio State that play together, but they're all leaving. Please explain to me how this isn't going to be Auburn 2010 or LSU 2019. Michigan will not make the playoffs next year. They don't even know who their coach is going to be next year. Again, they're losing all their players. Will not They will not be reloading. They will have to rebuild. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, they reload. Ohio State continues to reload, mm. and you will see next year Michigan will not be in the playoffs. I think Ohio State's probably the favorite to win the Big Ten next year because of all the uncertainty at Michigan, but there's a distinction that needs to be made. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. I mean, maybe Oregon. I don't know. Uh, Washington. Yeah, I, Oregon is I still have to reprogram my brain to West Coast teams being in the Big Ten. I know. But here's my take on the program rankings, because we are going to work on it. I called my editor, Mitch yeah. Light. We have a formula. I don't know if we're going to stick to it, but there's a formula that we that he sent me this morning that he had been working on in the past. And that formula also takes into account recruiting rankings, NFL draft production, um, total wins, conference championships, playoff appearances. Playoff wins and national championships. And like Michigan has an abundance of all of those things. So I don't know if um, we should do the rankings based on just what the data says about the past. I think we should Mm -hmm. use the data to inform an opinion and create our own list for the future, which may knock Michigan down a few pegs because, again, there is some uncertainty with their head coach. There is going to be some uncertainty of who's going to be playing the quarterback position and all those things that you know, go into account for maintaining that reloading mentality. But like Ohio State has reloaded and they've been shooting blanks the last three years. Like reloading Mm -hmm. only goes so far. And I know that's a hard thing for an Ohio State fan to hear, but, you know, they've been so talented. Like if you go look at all their NFL draft picks, don't even like get me started about Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and all those guys playing together. Um, You know, Marv on those teams, they didn't win anything. And Michigan has proven beyond the shadow of a doubt the last three years that they know how to win. And the one thing that I will say about the stars mattering as we can continue to dissect recruiting and the importance of those results is that I agree with you. The teams like Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio state are going to be more apt with the baseline level of talent on their roster to rebound year over year and be good. Um, and I do certainly acknowledge the challenges that Michigan may be facing. And that doesn't even come into account. Um, 
the NCAA situation that could pop its head out. We don't know what's going to happen. There's mm-hmm. information here that, um, you know, information here that still needs to be, you know, coming out and all that stuff. But I, um, I don't know, man. In terms of program rankings, I mean, Michigan has been as sturdy as anybody in college football the last That's three years. That's kind of thing. I think. I think when I think our friend here, when he hears program rankings, I think. In his mind, it's a who is set up best for the next five years. That's kind of what he's talking about. But if you're looking at just the state of the program, and yeah, I think Michigan will probably take a step back next year. But I think what you've done over the last three years will help you in the future in terms of recruiting, in terms of bringing in coaches, um, whatever that looks like. And again, like you said, we're talking about three consecutive conference championships in the second toughest league over that span, right? Three playoff appearances, a national championship. They're go- they might set the record for draft picks. They might break Georgia's like what two year old record for draft picks this year. Um, that, like you said, all all goes into it. And in terms of just the current state of the program, in the future they're probably not in the top three. But as term in terms of the snapshot of where things are right now, I don't know how you put them behind anybody besides Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, so we'll see how that all plays out. And obviously, by the time we run this list, it might be a month yet because it takes a lot of time and Dave's going Mm -hmm. on vacation and I'm going to Santa Barbara this weekend. Um, We're going to get to that eventually. It's going to be good. But um, certainly an in-depth conversation about what you've accomplished and where you're headed and how Mm -hmm. you you kind of do those things. But yes, we are very aware that Michigan might have some challenges moving forward. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I also feel pretty good, like, if Harbaugh were to leave that Sharon Moore would probably just be promoted and that that would probably write the ship pretty quickly in terms of knowing what you have and maintaining some semblance of familiarity that you might not have in a weird like keeping buy-in like yeah. you're not going to have to win over the locker room, which I think is a real issue sometimes where, okay, whatever you're preaching sometimes doesn't land on guys, whatever Sharon Moore says, if he, if he ends up getting this job, if, if Harbaugh leaves, I mean, I think he did plenty this year. Where like the guys the guys are in. So Okay, Dave. I think that's it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. let you get back. Do you have like a map when you're wandering around this hotel? Or do you just kind of so know I've the lay of the land out there? A couple, it's dude, it's if you've ever been to the Gaylord Opry land, it's it's not it's not my favorite to host this event. And it's a very weird place. Uh it's like there's several areas that are meant to feel like they're outdoors or like a theme park. It's like, it's very similar to the mall of America in some ways. Uh, but it's very windy. Uh, it's, it's a very weird place. Uh, it's very like, uh, you know, American, like when, like if people were, were pointing out things that they, that they did not like about America, but that Americans loved, like, I feel like the Gaylord Opryland would be, would be in that mix. They have a really good like, outlet mall that's kind of connected to that, though, that I've been to a few times. A really yeah. good, I mean, a really good outlet mall. First of all, I believe that that is a paradox or an oxymoron, rather. Um, I'm not sure. Have that you that's never a been thing. to the outlet mall in Palm Springs? I have not ever been to Palm Springs. People, I think, fly from China to go to that outlet mall. Interesting. I feel it's like legit. an outlet mall. In, I feel like an outlet mall in Palm Springs. Listen, I'm from the South. Are when you're talking outlet malls for me, I'm thinking Branson, Pigeon Forge. Uh, this is the, when you say outlet mall. That's what I'm thinking. The big. I've never been store. to Branson or Pigeon Ford. Really? Forge. All right, we gotta. We gotta. I mean, I've been in the Great Smoky Mountains, so I've been in the general vicinity. But if they have got great yeah. outlet malls there, I've never been to them. All right, I feel like. Uh, so we have Dollywood season passes. I feel like if we did an episode where just, just Ari and, and me at Dollywood, I feel like that'd be a hilarious. Is Dollywood just like Disneyland, but like for kids and after Dolly Parton, what is Dollywood? It's just a normal theme park. There is some Dolly influence, but it's not like a Dolly shrine. I think they're doing like a Dolly something or other next year that's opening up. I'm not sure what it is, but they have like really good roller coasters. We take my daughter there. She is like huge into the rides. Uh, she's like a bit of an adventurer for like we being have not done the theme old. park thing yet. I don't think my, I think it my kid might be kid. getting ready. Yeah. It depends on your kid. Like, like 
our daughter loves it. Like anything that she's old enough to go on, like there's a ride at Dollywood where you sit on top of a baby bear and it goes along this track and like bucks and stuff. And she freaking loves it. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean, my daughter's really good. Here, so we got to start thinking about that. And yes, all my daughter wants to do is run gassers. So, um, <laughs> you know, her, her, her form of entertainment right now is ready, set, go. And then running as fast as she can. Yeah. And the second that she stops, yeah, it's ready, set, go and like running that. the other way. And I got to tell you, it's not fun being out of breath playing with your child. So we this is the year of the the, the year of the come up here for the, the Wasserman body. So okay. Yeah, I think it depends thank on you, the kid, but yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to the latest edition of Until Saturday. Um we will not be publishing as many episodes as we did um during the regular season for obvious reasons, but we will be continually pumping stuff out week over week and hopefully the the quality will also increase as the uh, quantity goes down a little bit, gives us more time for production, ideas, thoughts. Um, but I, I, it's been a real, real fun time to get through this season with you guys. And I'm certainly thankful to you again, Dave, for being a part of it. Um, be sure to follow the podcast on Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, and please help the show again by supporting us and dropping a five-star review and subscribe to the Until Saturday YouTube channel. There's shorter videos. There's breaking news when we have the emergency podcasts that go up there before the feed. So if you're a fanatic and want to listen to us sooner, that's a great place to do it. I would subscribe to both if you like the show. Also, leave us a voicemail for our Sunday Sound Off podcast and in general going on to the season as our Ohio State friend here just called in. We will be dropping them into other episodes pretty frequently, I think, because it's a fun way to break it up and have you guys represented on the show. The phone number for that is 316-462-9852. And then lastly, Sign up for the Until Saturday newsletter where you get your daily fill of college football news delivered right to your inbox from the great team at The Athletic. For David Ubbin, I'm Ari Wasserman. That was Until Saturday.